Well, good morning, and thank you guys for being here. If you don't know, my name is Rick. I get to be uh, the lead pastor here, and I really am so, so grateful um, to be able to have this role. And I also want to say thank you. Just what a privilege it is um, to, to serve with you guys, to serve Jesus with you. It really is. You guys, you guys have been amazing. Um, you guys, I want you to realize what you did. And if you're watching online, you don't realize this, but you guys created 300 new seats for us to invite those people that we love, those people that we are praying that one day, right, they're, that they're going to be singing hallelujah back to Jesus because they have entered into the relationship that you have with Jesus. You guys have made that possible by us switching to three services. Thank you for allowing us to do that. And I just want to say thank you, too. Um, if you, again, if you're online, um, you, this, is a, you know, this is going to be hard for you to understand. But you know what it's like now to drive into this parking lot, right? And, or to leave for your service. It's not you coming. It's more of you guys leaving, right? But um, it, it's just it's very congested with the construction out there. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being filled with grace. Thank you for being flexible. Um, thank you this. Thank you for when you're dropping off your passengers. Thank you for pulling all the way up along the chain link fence to do that and not blocking those handicapped spaces because that just clogs traffic back up into Situate Avenue. So thank you guys for doing that. And for those of you who um, like are trying to get your steps in, thank you for parking all the way in the very back parking lot. Right. There are some some who just can't do that. Their legs can't carry them like that. So if your legs are able to carry you uh, from the back parking lot, thank you for using that back parking lot. We really are so grateful for that. And hey, uh, those of you um, who use the back driveway that's right behind me, thank you, because that helps not clog the front driveway up. You know, we do have a back driveway that exits out onto Comstock Parkway. And that, if you using that just helps us. And the way that you exit our building now, um, you know, I know going out, if you can do steps going out these two back doors behind me is a way for you to help not clog that front up. Because we know that lobby is so congested. Um, but let me give you hope. It's coming. One day it's coming. Um, it's going to happen probably not until the summertime, uh, but it's coming. And we're going to have so much space out there where you can actually have meaningful conversations, where you're not going to have to feel rushed and packed and all of that. It's coming. Uh, the day is coming when families that have children with special needs, there's going to be an elevator for them so their kids can get to every one of the classes up on the second floor. That day is coming. The pit was poured, right? And they waterproofed it this week. It's coming. It's coming, right? Um, it's coming that day when that new lobby, that expanded lobby is going to be there. We just got to have grace and patience. So thank you through these winter months and allowing for that to happen. Well, let's jump into the teaching. We're in this mini-series. Have you ever heard of a mini-series? Well, we, you have now because we have one. It's called Advocates. We're only in this one for two weeks. That's why we're calling it a mini-series. Um, but here's what I want us to do. As we walk into this, um, I want us to ask this question right here. I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you ever feel unseen? Do you, ever, do you ever feel like, what's the use? Why do I even try? No one even notices. 
Do you ever feel like that? Have you ever had that thought? Because if you're like me, you've had that thought. I, I, I've had that thought. And then I have to remind myself, and I would encourage you to remind yourself, that we really only have an audience of one. Our audience, the only one that we should really care about who sees what we are doing, is our Heavenly Father. That's our audience. That's our audience of one. So, when you find your time, or find yourself in those times, when you feel like, what's the use? Does, even, uh, does anyone even notice? Remind yourself that your Heavenly Father sees you. He notices. And I know that you may not believe this, but you're having an impact on people that you aren't even aware that you are. And that's what we're going to see in the scripture this morning. So as we talk about advocates, just to make sure that we're all on the same page, um, here's the definition. Because Miriam uh, Webster's Dictionary gave three definitions. Here's the definition that we're going with, that we're looking at it through this lens. That it's their third definition. It's the one who pleads the cause of another. It's, uh, it's, you are advocating, you're pleading their cause uh, to another or for another. So I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to go to this letter. It's a one chapter. It's, uh, that's all it is, one chapter. Today um, it's Philemon. It's, we're only going to look at verses 1 through a 7. Paul is writing it. He's under house arrest. And so the letter is from Paul. He's writing, this letter is so personal. He's writing it to Philemon. Here's how I want you to envision this. I want you to envision that we have discovered Philemon's like personal belongings. And in his bedroom, underneath his bed, in a little shoebox, he's kept this letter. Uh, So it's from Paul. It's written to Philemon. And it's about Onesimus. We're going to talk about Onesimus next week. This week, I want us to focus in on Paul and Philemon and watch what we can learn, how both of them advocated. They were both living their life from this place of advocacy. So Philemon chapter one and verse number one. And here's what I want us to do. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read all seven verses, and then we're going to come back and and see what we can learn from it. So I want you to listen. I I just want you to listen to me read this, and as I read it, feel, feel the personalness of this. Like, this is so personal to Paul as he writes it. Paul says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers, because I hear of your love for all the saints and the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of Christ. For I have great joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you 
brother. Can you hear just how personal this is to Paul? Let's just walk through it and see what we can learn from it. So, in verse number one, what we learn is he, as he's writing it to Philemon, look, he calls him his dear friend and he calls him a co-worker. He calls him a co-worker not because they're in a business together. He calls him a co-worker because they're in ministry together. Like Philemon sees his role, even though um, he is a businessman, um, even though he has that kind of role, he sees ministry as like it's on the level of co-working with Paul. That's how Paul sees it. And we know that the relationship is tight. Because Paul is the one who actually brought the gospel to him. You say, how do you know that? Well, if you slide all the way down towards the end in verse number 19, he says, Paul says, hey, I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. You know what he's saying? Hey, remember when I showed up in Colossae? Because that's where Philemon's at. He's like, remember when I showed up? I brought the gospel to you. You understand the gospel because I showed up to bring you this. Like, And when you have that kind of relationship with somebody, there's a special bond that's there. So they're close. Now, he mentions um, two other people. Most uh, Bible scholars believe that Aphia is actually Philemon's wife and that Archippus is his oldest son. And Paul calls him a fellow soldier because he's the one, uh, the elder that's responsible for the church. That's what? Meeting in their home. So right there's a flag that Philemon must have had a house that was bigger than most that others could actually come into it. Um, he was, so Philemon is a, a, is a man with means, so he has wealth. And God wanted him to surrender his life, so he brings the, the uh, Apostle Paul to him with the gospel, and he calls this wealthy man into the kingdom. And Philemon uses his wealth to further the kingdom. He uses what, the material goods that he has. He uses that for the sake of the kingdom. He has a church meeting in his house. Now, meanwhile, he said, uh, how, this is another reason why we know that he was a man with wealth. In verse number 22, look at this. Meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. This is Paul saying, hey, I'm planning on coming. And Philemon's house must have been big enough that he even had a guest room. Again, in ancient history, that wasn't the normal person. They didn't have a guest room, right? Philemon. So again, this is how we know this, this guy. And he's using it for the sake of the kingdom. Verse number three. So grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's where it gets real personal. Verse number four. I always thank my God when I mention you, Philemon, in my prayers. Let's just stop right there and ask ourselves, how many of your prayers are saying, Jesus, thank you for bringing this person into my life. Thank you for what you are doing in that person's life. God, thank you for the way, because that's what Paul is doing. What a, what a model. As he's advocating 
to the Father, giving God thanks for Philemon. That's what Paul is doing. He's advocating to the God the Father in his prayer for Philemon. And he's getting very specific. We can learn from Paul. Christ follows, watch this. He says, because I hear of your love for all the saints and the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus. He gets specific with Philemon. He's like, I hear of your love. Now, Paul wasn't there. Think about their close relationship that they have. Paul's not there, but now Paul is writing this letter and he's like, hey, I'm hearing what you are doing isn't going unseen. It's impacting other people. I'm hearing it. I'm 1,200 miles away under house arrest in Rome. That's where Paul's at. And let me tell you, they didn't have social media, so Paul's not hearing because he saw it posted on Instagram, right? He's not seeing it because it was on Snapchat. He's hearing this because the word, other Christ followers have been impacted. And as they've crossed paths with uh, Paul 1,200 miles away, they're like, you won't believe the way that Philemon is living out his faith. Look, look at the way that, and, and Paul, guess what? He does this for all the saints. Did you see that? For all of them. Even the ones that don't agree with how he spends his money or how to run a business. He is loving them all. He's loving them all. He loves all the saints because even the ones who disagree with his political view or his opinions, he is still loving all the saints. You see the way that Philemon is living his life? And it's noticeable. And Paul is pointing the finger. And then he says, your faith. Philemon, the way that you trust God, the way that you feel like God is moving and then you distrust, the way that you are trusting God with your kids. Wow, what faith you have. That one day they'll be singing, Oh Christ, you're our Lord, you're our King. The way that He is, the, the, the way that He portrays His faith and He just takes steps of faith, trusting that God's going to show up and meet the need. You see, you, what you are doing isn't going unseen. Somebody around you is picking up on it. And they're talking to somebody and 1,200 miles away, Paul is hearing about the way Philemon is living his life as he advocates what he is doing when he's loving the saints, all the saints, he's advocating for them. When he is stepping out and living his life like this, uh, no doubt it's to help others as he trusts others. Is that how you are living out your faith? See, what we can learn from Paul as well is the way that he uses his words for encouragement. We can learn from the Apostle Paul on using our words for encouragement as we advocate for others. Do you, is that, is that like what you are known for with your words? Our words of encouragement? That's what Paul is doing. We can learn from Paul. I mean, how, many, how long has it been since you actually wrote a card or a note, like by hand, to somebody, Right? I mean, a text is good, an email, you know, that's okay. But, like, a card? Like, like where you put a stamp on it and, like, drop it into that box outside, right? And you put it in there, right? And it gets mailed, right? That's, that, he's, you, he's, and you know how powerful that is? Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down. 
but a good word cheers it up. What if you were the person that showed up in your school, right? Listen, you showed up in your school with your, with your peers and you just were bringing good words. You're bringing words of encouragement to them. You're bringing words of encouragement to your teacher, right? Like sincere, authentic words. I'm not, I'm not like, don't be phony. No one likes that. But I mean, you're being authentic. You're looking for ways. See, that's hard work. But that's the way that we are called to live our life. That's the way the Apostle Paul is. And he does this in part to advocate for others. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at verse number six. Verse number six says this. I pray that your participation, everything, let me just say this. Everything turns on this verse right here. This verse is so impactful, so powerful. I pray that, in your, I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of God. Here's why this is so powerful. When Paul uses this word participation, he's, he's using this Greek word koinonia. And those of you who've been around church long enough, you know what that church word means, that Greek word means. It means fellowship. And so Paul is saying that when he uses koinonia, like when he originally wrote this letter, like what showed up in the letter was koinonia. That's what showed up there. And everybody's like, koinonia, oh my gosh. You're, you're like Paul's faith, or I mean Philemon's faith, his active participation in fellowship is what helps him to mature and grow. That's what, that's what we see because the act of sharing, uh, what this means, koinonia, fellowship, uh, participation, the act of sharing in the activities or privileges of a close group. That's the meaning behind this word. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, when the, first, uh, when the church first started, this is exactly how they translated the same word, koinonia. They translated it, Fellowship. Look, all the believers were devoted. They devoted themselves or they committed to this, to the apostles' teaching. That was like living the way that Jesus lived. And to fellowship and to koinonia and to active participation. Your faith. So many times people say, oh, yeah, we don't talk about faith and we don't talk about uh, politics, right? You've heard that, right? No, that people with real faith. They talk about it because they're actively participating in it. You can't but help talk about what God is doing, right? And so this is, this is what, that, the idea behind that is what is happening. I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective. Just don't come and show up in the gathering, in the house, right? right they had a house church. No, you've got to participate. You've got to fellowship. You've got to get to know each other. You've got to get to know the one another. How can you bear each other's burdens if you don't even know? How can you advocate for somebody that you don't even know? That's why around here we encourage all people to get connected to a ministry team in some way. Why? So that you can be known. This is why we encourage people to get plugged into a small group. Why? So that these one another, so that active participation can happen. This is where you are able to grow and it's where you're able to be transformed. You know why? Because you're going to be stuck in a group. You're going to be stuck on a ministry team where there is going to be the opportunity 
opportunity for you to allow lots of grace to be formed in your life. Do you know what I mean? Right. You're going to be stuck with somebody that you don't you know, necessarily like you wouldn't pick them to be your best buddy. Right. But here's your opportunity to allow grace to show up in your life to form that inside of you. This is the active participation. This is the koinonia, the fellowship that happens when we do this. And it's all for the glory of God. Verse number seven. For I have great joy. This is Paul. He's like, Philemon, you bring such great joy and encouragement. And it comes from the way that you advocate. It comes from your love because the hearts of the saints, even the ones you disagree with, have been refreshed through you. Is that what would be said? Or is that what is said when you leave small group? Oh man, their words are so refreshing. I just love being around them. They're, I mean, when they're, when they're talking, you know, they just, they're so encouraging. It's so, they have such a fresh view on things. They help me to see my blind spots. That's so refreshing. Or is it, oh man, I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> right? right? Because you're so critical. You're so negative. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just, yeah. we all know what that feels like. Paul calls us to live from this place of advocating for others to where it actually refreshes other people's hearts. How did they know how to do this? This didn't come natural to them. It came because they understood that Jesus advocated for them. And because of that, they were able to advocate for others. Here's what 1 John, 1 John chapter 2 and verse number one says, my dear children, he says, I'm writing this uh, to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case, present tense. Our advocate who pleads our case before the Father, he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. You see, Paul and Philemon both came to this understanding that Jesus was advocating to them before God the Father, before this Holy Father who can't have sin come before Him. And so what did Jesus do? How did Jesus advocate? Jesus is like, Father, you know, you know, I took their sin on me. I redeemed them. I took their penalty. I, I took their penalty. I took all the pain and, and, the, and the payment of their sin. I took it to the cross. I took it on me. And I atoned. Look, look what uh, verse 2 says. He himself, meaning Jesus. So Jesus is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And in case you're, in case you're just not clear, and not only for our sins but the sins of all the world. Because Jesus is still there advocating for you. Because you're part of all the world. Because it's talking about mankind, not the physical globe world. It's talking about you. He's advocating for you. He's like, God, the Father, please, 
please look at me. Look at him. Look at her through me. And see them holy and blameless. And when you understand that you had been advocated for, it allows us to live a life of advocacy for others. Even the people that are really hard to advocate for. So, will you take your connection card and look at the very first next step? The very first next step says this. I have never experienced the freedom that is found in Jesus advocating for my very soul. I haven't experienced the forgiveness of my sins. Pray I can experience this. This is for those of you who haven't come to the place where Paul and Philemon have. See, this is the reason why you can't advocate for others. It's so hard for you because you've never accepted the advocacy that Jesus has done for you. And if this is where you're at, then we invite you to place your faith and your trust in the person of Jesus today. That, that, like you can do that today. You just call out on Jesus, invite him into your life. Tell him. Confess. You confess your need for a savior. You confess your sin. And then you surrender, you submit your life to him. So if this is you, we want to pray for you. So on the connection card, circle step number one, put your name there. And this week, our prayer team, um, our uh, staff team will, will be praying for you by name. The other next step are for those of you who already have come to that place. You're already Christ followers. So this one says, I don't know if the participation of my faith has led my life to advocate for others. I want my faith to be activated in this way. Please pray that I will experience koinonia, that active participation, that fellowship of really getting to know one another with other Christ followers. So if this is you, we want to not just pray for you, but if you'll leave us your phone number, we'll steer you towards a ministry team or a small group, whatever best fits you and wherever you're at. But you need to somehow invite some other people into your life so that this can be happening there. The other next step, the last next step, step number three, says this. This is just so, so practical. All of us as Christ followers, if you're a Christ follower, we can do this. This week, I want to intentionally refresh the hearts of others. Like, you're going you're gonna to make it your goal. This week, I want to refresh the hearts of other people that I work with, that I go to school with, right? Um, I want to refresh their hearts. I'm going to reach out to at least five people with either a text, a note, or a gift, letting them know that they are seen and loved. Would you do that? That's this, so this is step number three. Circle that. We're going to pray that God is going to make it so clear to you who those five people are. Because we all could do this. And just think about you taking away that anxiety. Remember what that Proverbs 12.25 said about that person with an anxiety, a heavy heart, but you come along and a good word cheers it up. That could be you. You could be an answer to someone's prayer. I want to pray for us this morning. Jesus, please work like this in our church. Continue to work in, uh, like this in, in this church, in your church, please, that it make a difference throughout the entire state of Rhode Island. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.